0: Thank you so much. Uh, can I have the team up here. We're going to do a, a joint message tonight. We're going to share what God uh, taught us and, and showed up, and so we're going to do kind of like a group message tonight. We're going to intersperse it with stories, and uh, so can we have a hand for our team that went? Thank you guys. Awesome. So we went to a little village called La Eradura, and I can't roll my R's, so it doesn't really it's not really pronounced that way, but something close. And it's a small village on the coastal bay, and so this is my uh, third time down there. It's a four-year relationship I personally had with this uh, country and this village, and so uh, I'm so stoked that we have this continued relationship with them. And I mean, I look around here, and we have like an all-star team that went, and so I went into El Salvador this year with great expectations, because I think that this is a community of world changers. I think that in this community, we're going to see things that we've never seen before in our Community in our world. And so, as I looked around here and I saw these people, I got so excited. And so, I had a few expectations going into it. I knew that, uh, that my personal tendency is to play it safe. You know, like, you know, you're kind of in charge of things and you want people to like Epic Life and you. And, and so, you have this over tendency to totally play it safe, to be everybody's friend, to make sure no one gets offended or uncomfortable. And, and so, I went to this trip and, and I really felt that the Lord was sending us for new levels of equipping. I knew they wasn't sending us down there for a great time at the beach, which we did have one really good day at the beach. He wasn't sending us down there so we all could get a tan, or worse yet, a really bad sunburn and peel. He wasn't sending us there to just install clean water filters. He was sending us there to be equipped. And we, we spent our first night, and we sat down in the hammocks, and we had a great day, and we're like, at the end of all this, what do we want to have done in us? What do we expect? What would we even think of that after these 10 days would have changed in us? And we kind of wrote a few things down, and unanimously all of us said we want to get out of our comfort zone, we want to be bold, and we want to see God show up. And it's funny, because I think that sometimes we will pray things, and we really kind of maybe say it because that's what we think it should be, but we really don't want that, you know? It's like, I really like to be bold, but I really don't want to be bold, you know. And, but you'll say that, and so I look back on this past week and I think that God took us up on that, whether we wanted it or not. That God is going to take us up on that, that request that He would show up and be, and be supernatural for us and have us be bold. And so um, for me, I put it that I want to be out of my comfort zone, that I want to be put into positions where I have to be strong and rely on God, rely on the Holy Spirit and expect that he'll show up and so that is what happened uh, this past uh, trip and so this is a yearly trip and so we invite all of you guys um, to help partner with us in this some of you guys bought shirts that we'll be handing out in the next couple of weeks that we took down with us many of you guys gave we did the change for change I think everyone put a penny or a quarter somewhere in the mix and so every one of us has contributed this and this is a la- <coughs> lasting relationship that we have and uh, I want to let you guys know that we're going back we're going back with a vengeance because the work is not done down there so um, I have a quick question for uh, for Edwin. Edwin is uh, the champ here with the cast. Who he broke his arm? What a week before, two weeks. two weeks. And so Edwin, I want you to share like what was your impression when you got down there? We're in a third world country. You're a rock star motorcycle road biker extraordinaire. This was just not a vacation for you, right? Absolutely. Like I got down there and I I
1: went for the tan. I have to admit, I went for the tan. I went for the <laughs> beach. Uh, but I got, I got so much more out of it than I was expecting. Like, I saw a lady who hadn't walked in three years. She had a stroke. I hadn't seen her walk in three years. And she got up out of her wheelchair, and she walked. And I saw a kid who was blind, and we prayed for him, and he could see. And it was amazing. I have been to Epic Life twice. I my first church service was on Easter last weekend. <laughs> like, this is so new to me. And to see things change like this so radically, to have faith and to see someone believe in something so much, to have it come true, it just, it has literally changed my life, and I feel like so many more doors have opened for me, and like this whole new world, like I've lived 22 years, and I feel like I'm just gonna, it's just gonna get better and better, and it's mm. thanks to Eric and this, this whole opportunity I've had, and I really thank you for allowing me to have this experience.
0: We almost titled tonight, uh, yeah, let's give a hand for that. More stories there, but I was tempted to, to title tonight Epic Life featuring Edwin. I mean, because Edwin was the, the total, like, standout of our, our group. This guy, life of the party, he is a champ. Why don't you uh, describe, like, what was it, what were the homes like, what were the people like, In just a, a few. Well, like, they're, they're, like,
1: middle class, they're higher class people there. Like, their houses weren't anything compared to the houses that we have here in the United States. And it's funny, because you go around, and like, um, you'll take... Uh, like, their whole house is the size of the piano, and their property is, like, the size of the whole stage. So rather than having a huge house, they have a little house, and they have coconut trees, and they have all this agriculture set up so you can you can live off a lot of stuff on your land. And um, the houses were just concrete floors. The walls are made out of wood and bamboo, and it's just, they don't have sinks, they don't have showers. I don't know if they all have toilets. Like, they don't have anything, and we... Ha- I came back here and I'm looking at like Fair Oaks and Watt, the intersection, like how big it is and how much land we use to do nothing with. And uh, I think a big thing, other than how much space we use, but but how we take everything for granted. And just like they had, they don't have ca- they don't really have cars, they they don't have plumbing, they don't have grocery stores, like <laughs> they have nothing, and we have yeah. so much. And I went back to my house and I'm in my shower, just like hot water. I'm just like. it's kind of like the scene in castaway where he lights the lighter at the very end and he's looking at the lighter like i
0: didn't have fire for two years that's how i felt for nine days (laughs) awesome thank you yeah why don't you pass it to stephanie there um we're going to do a little message because god revealed specific scriptures and points for us and so if you want to take notes we have those little cards there you're welcome to not required if you have a bible uh i'm going to point you to a quick scripture in the book of joshua yeah i love joshua this is Joshua chapter 3, verse 7. Exactly. Joshua 3, verse 7. We're going to read just a few, just to 8. We should have it up there too. Cool. And the Lord said to Joshua, "'Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all of Israel, "'so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses.' Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant when you reach the edge of the Jordan waters, go and stand in the river. This is God issuing a decree to Joshua saying, You are carrying the Ark, you are carrying my presence, you are my ambassadors. I'm sending you to another land, I'm sending you to another place. But there is a huge river that stands between you and the Promised Land. And it wasn't like God said, Go over there, and I'm going to build a bridge for you before you get there. He didn't say that. He didn't tell him exactly what he was going to do when he got there. He just said, Go and stand in the water. You get that? He says, Go and stand in that water. And so what happened is that he says, I'm going to go there and I'm going to exalt you in front of the people. And when you go in there and you stand in the water, I'm going to show up. But you need to be bold enough to go in there first. And what I love about it is that he didn't say, Go and wait in the water, like start going or a- walking. He said, Go and stand in the water. Now, I wish the text told us how long he had to stand, because as we read on, God lifted the waters of the Jordan River, and they passed through on dry land. But it says you need to go there and stand first. And the first thing tonight is about boldness, is that we need to be bold, and that God is going to give us opportunities. He's going to say, there is a place I want to take you, but you need to first go and stand in the waters is that God gives us small, little opportunities to be bold for Him. He's going to pitch you a little tiny moment, a place in time where you think, man, is this God? And you have a split-second decision to say, yes, this is God, I'm going to walk forward, and I don't care what the consequence is, I don't care what ultimately happens, I want to experience what is behind here. Or you pass by and you say, okay, I'll go around the river. And I think that as we looked at Our trip, we had a moment in where God brought us to the Jordan River. He said, I, and this was the the second day we were there. We were were not even there for 24 hours yet. We were all jet-lagged, drinking coconuts, and uh, which coconut milk is awesome. And we, (laughs) well, I think it's awesome. And so we, we went to a youth group, and Stephanie will tell us about the youth group, but we had a moment of opportunity where God says, I'm going to exalt you in this community. I'm going to exalt you, you three or 13 gringos, to go into El Salvador, and I'm going to raise you, well, mostly, sorry, (laughs) I mean, what are you? I don't know what you are, whatever, I'm white as white as, I mean, I, I, yeah, whatever, that's only going to lead to trouble. So, we're 13 Americans, I mean, we have, their average income per year is about $2,200, $2,500, and so we were posed with an opportunity where God's going to say, I'm going to take you, people who have it all, and I'm going to exalt you, not because of your word, not because of where you come from, because of what I'm going to do here in this place, and I'm going to completely change your entire trip. But he asked us, would you wade and go, would you stand in the water? Would you go to this place and just wait for me? Can you share that day?
2: Um, So the second day we were there was the day that we started ministry, and um, we got up that morning and we all prayed together and we had pieces of paper, and we just asked God, what kinds of things do you want us to be looking for? What what kind of people do you want us to be really like paying attention to? And uh, maybe like what kind of sicknesses do you want us to pray for and see healed and that kind of thing? So we all write wrote it down and. Um, a couple of the things that were common between different people was one of them was a boy in a red shirt, and another one was um, a person that's blind in one eye. And, um, and so we were going to go do this project with the Catholic youth group. So we show up, and we're preparing the food and everything, and one of the first things we notice is a boy in a red shirt, and his eye is blind. And it's like visibly like, you know, the, where it's white over the color part of your eye. And, and so we're, like, elbowing each other, like, oh, my gosh, look at that guy. And, um, and so, anyways, um, a couple of us, including the people that had written that down, there was maybe, like, three or four of us, went over to him and, and asked him if we could pray for his eye. And so we start praying for him. And what was cool was that um, the night before, we had just shared all of our expectations and how we wanted to be outside of our comfort zone, but also, like, people were sharing about how skeptical they were about things like this, and how they were really, you know, kind of resistant to um, doing this, because whatever, it's weird, and it's different, and all this different kind of stuff, and um, so the four of us are praying for this kid, and um, I noticed one of the guys, um, Tony, who's not here tonight, um, like, he had just said the night before, like, how uncomfortable he was, and how skeptical he was, and He came over, like, on his own. We didn't invite him, and he started praying for the kid, too. And a little while later, like, somebody else came over, and all of a sudden, like, sooner or later, all 13 of us were around this kid praying for him, and it was cool because I feel like it was just us saying, okay, God, we're just going to give you a chance. Like, even though we talked about all that skepticism last night, like, we're just going to leave that in yesterday, and today we're going to go for it and just give you a chance. So we start praying for him, and um, keep asking him about his eye and stuff. And it's just like it was getting better incrementally. Like every time we'd ask him, it was a little bit better, and he could see more light than he could before. And then he could see um, like the outline of us, and then all of a sudden he could see like um, he could see her face. from uh, Elizabeth was talking to him, and, and from a certain distance he could see her face. And so we were just seeing this guy like healed. And it was crazy because his facial expressions, like he was like, wow, you know, I think at one point he literally said, like, wow, or something, whoa, (laughs) he, whoa, yeah, and, um, and so it was just awesome, and, um, anyways, he, he wasn't 100% healed, but word began to spread through the community that this boy had begun to see his eye healed, and it, and it opened us up to all the other stories that we're going to talk about, so.
0: Cool. Yeah. Do you want to say something on that, too? about the youth group
3: oh yeah so well I just have a side comment um so when Eric said on Saturday night how everyone got together and shared about what their expectations for the trip and how they want to get their comfort zone I didn't really get an opportunity to do that because I was already out of my comfort zone (laughs) and I was with Elizabeth and Shayla and Austin and Elizabeth's going to share that story but um Oh, yeah. It was happening as soon as we arrived, so it was amazing. Um, But Sunday, the specific project we did, which was so amazing because as Stephanie shared, it just kind of started a series of events that just spread throughout the community and kind of set the stage for our entire trip to be on a totally different level and a huge spiritual level. And what it was is that every year before Easter, the Catholic youth group, uh, select certain homes that are really destitute, kind of the poorest of the poor in the community. And it's already a poor community, especially compared to how we live. And they cook a meal for them in the morning, and then they split up into these little groups and walk. It's, you have to walk. You can't – well, some of us took a canoe, I guess, to get to their home. But you did – no. Oh, after. Oh, so there's just a walk to the home and then eat with them and just have this time with them and pray with them and go home. And we, it was so cool because we were all split up. I think no group was bigger than three. And so we had these really intimate times with these different families. And we all had completely different stories. And I was with Katie Keeler. And we went to a home. Can I share about that home really quick? Sure. I know. There's so much to say. <laughs> so my <laughs> story. Short. I know. There's lot like, of can stories I tell you how this though. changed my life? Um, <laughs> So the home we went to was this widow who her husband and six-year-old son had just been killed 40 days prior. Um, they'd been run over by one of the sugar cane trucks right in front of her house. She actually ran out and saw it. And she had two little girls, both under the age of five, completely destitute. Her husband was a fisherman. She now has no income. Their home, if you can even call it that, is seriously made of sticks and tarps. And it is a dirt floor and... Um, they basically don't eat unless somebody brings them food. And in fact, the little girl was like hoarding all the leftover spaghetti and hiding it in different places of the house because she's so used to being hungry. And it was so neat being with that family and praying with them because it then got the minds going of what could we do for them? And we went back and saw them multiple times that week and even helped her uh, get some stuff going to start a laundry business to bring in some income. But that was really impacting for me to be with a family and not just some huge group descending on a group of people, but just be intimate in their home, sitting at their table and eating with them and talking to them about God and just talking to them about their life. So that was really awesome.
0: Cool. And Kelly, what were you thinking as you looked around and saw the faces of all of us as we were praying? What were your, your thoughts?
3: Well,
4: um, that's the one thing that I was going to share about. I wasn't kind of sure what to decide, like, um, what to talk about tonight, but Stephanie was like, what's the one thing that you will never forget, and there's so many, but just seeing, like, everybody since the trip, like, I just remember thinking back to, like, when we were praying for the boy, or for anybody, really, and, like, just seeing the committed, like, heart that we, that all of us, well, more you guys, (laughs) I was just watching you, so, um, (laughs) uh, it was just, like, a lot of love, a lot of faith, a lot of commitment and dedication that just poured out. And, like, when I would look up and see, like, tears in Shayla's eyes or when we were, like, out in the community and, like, Eric was, sorry, but Eric uh. was tearing up a bit, too. And it was just. <laughs>
0: Allergies were <laughs> horrible down there.
4: It was just awesome. And, like, whenever, and they, they're they just so determined. And it's, like, whenever it'd be, like, someone would be done praying, I'd be, like, okay, amen. And then another person would go. And I'm, like okay awesome we're still praying I'm hungry you know um, it was just really cool to feed off of everyone's like like I said their faith and their love and their heart for just these people that we had never met and when um, you know pain levels went down to three it was like well let's keep going and so that's awesome so I just want to thank each and every one of you for being like so inspiring and
5: uh, yeah
0: awesome Cool. Hold on a second. So everyone should underline, highlight, box that verse in Joshua. Everyone should remember that. And if you read on after that, God says, I'm going to do something so crazy in you, and you're going to be so lame and cheese out, you're going to forget. And so as you read on that chapter, it's a great chapter. God instructs them to go back and pull out stones from the river and build a rock monument, which is, how cool is that? And I'm told, like, these rocks are, you know, huge but here's the, the, the thing that you need to know about this. Is that you know how people say that God opens up doors for you? And we think that maybe a door, but what we think is we think of room. Don't you? Say God opens a door, maybe closes a window, does something. But we always think of room, right? But what if that door was a hallway? What if that God opens up a door, cracks a door open, and it's not just one room that we get, go around and look around. What if it's a hallway to all new sets of rooms? a new sets of places. I think that that was the pivotal moment here for Joshua as he looked and he said, I'm going to go before God. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to step in the water and I'm going to be exposed to a whole new set of game-changing experiences that I would never have previously experienced. That was what this moment was for us. The second one here tonight for taking notes is that the Holy Spirit will equip you when you're bold. If you remember right before that we left for El Salvador is that we... We spoke in Acts about the, the power that the Holy Spirit comes when it, you have a time of need. And we looked at Peter because Peter was involved and he had healed someone that was needing of healing. He was a beggar. A person was, was desperately needing a, a bodily touch. And so Peter healed that person and he healed them and all of a sudden all the religious leaders got out of whack. And so they called Peter before them. And so Peter standing before them, they have the power to kill him, to take his life. The same people who crucified Jesus now are in front of Peter and asking about this person he healed. And so as we looked at the the scripture, Acts chapter 4, it said that the Holy Spirit upon him. And then Peter goes and just cranks one out of the park. He's just like owning it, charging it, you know, just delivering the gospel. And the leaders say, we know this man has been Jesus because we know that he is unschooled. Uneducated and otherwise unexperienced. He's saying that this guy must have the power of God over him because we know this guy's a clown. And the way that he's speaking is evidence that he's with Jesus. So the second thing, so God is going to position you for places and times of boldness. The second is that the Holy Spirit is going to totally download, give you something that hits you upside the head when you step in boldness and you step in faith that all of a sudden, You have a new level of equipment equipment, and equipping for whatever you need to do. There's a a supernatural gift called the word of knowledge. And we had a couple of these. Who wants to go first on this? Shayla? Maybe not. Let me go. So why don't you share about what the Holy Spirit, in the time that we're stepping out, what the Holy Spirit gave you and and how that worked.
6: So I don't really get words of knowledge. I think they're great. I love them. I totally believe in them. However, me, I don't usually get them. And so what a word of knowledge knowledge is, is um, basically something that God tells you that you wouldn't have known otherwise that is pertinent to that person, whether it be a name or a situation or something that's ill that's in them that you couldn't see physically. But it's just something that you wouldn't be able to know without someone telling you. So, um... The first one, no, the second one, what well, I'm going to tell is, uh, we were at this Catholic church, and long story short, we ended up being able to minister um, to the entire church or whoever wanted to get prayer afterwards, and we like broke up into groups, and we were in little groups, and I don't speak Spanish, my Spanish is horrible, and so um, like they have this huge language barrier and half the time we're praying for people and they're talking back and I have no idea what they're saying and I'm praying in English and people are, are bawling and I'm like this must be the Holy Spirit because they can't even understand me but um, there was a the woman that we were praying for and I guess she had already went to a previous group of us to get prayer and then I guess she realized that she had some other pain in her body that she wanted to get prayer for so we start praying and I think it was Tony and Wally and they're not even here. So um, we were in this group, and um, we prayed for her pain, and it went away. But she still seemed a little, I don't know, like not joyful. So I, hel- I felt like God was saying that she had a grandchild that was in trouble and that he was going to take care of it. So I'm like, Wally, tell her, ask her. because I'm scared. <laughs> I kind of want to like tell her this. <laughs> ask her, um, does she have a grandchild? And so Wally acts, and she's like, yeah. Okay, I'm like, all right. Well, I guess I tell her that um, God is taking care of her grandchild and that he's in trouble, or um, I don't know, he's in trouble, I guess, but he's going to take care of it. And immediately this woman starts bawling, and I'm like, what is she saying? What is she saying? And Wally's like, apparently, like, her grandson is in jail, or just got to jail, and, like, this is huge family situation, and, his dad, her son, is not even talking to him anymore. And like, it's this big division in the family, and it's like kept her in oppression because of it. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that's crazy. So I'm like, okay, well, we'll pray for that. So we start praying, and she's just crying, and she just feels so empowered and overjoyed because like, God had a word for her to tell her that He was taking care of that situation. So wow. that was my story. Awesome.
0: So this is an extension, remember last week we talked about being used as our parts of our body that we can actually lease out the parts of our body to be used for wickedness, to be used by the devil, to be extensions of Satan, which is kind of heavy stuff. This is the exact opposite. This is where we become submitted and God can actually use us to be extensions of him. And Steph has a quick one also on the word of knowledge side.
2: Uh, we showed up at a house to pray for a girl. They had invited us to pray for her, and when we got there, there was like 20 other people that had shown up that wanted us to pray for them, too, and um, so I started praying for this woman, and um, I was with a translator, and um, pretty soon her husband came and sat down with her, and when he came over, like, I just got this pretty clear picture of a living room with a big Christmas tree in it, and I'm like, wow, I cannot concentrate, like, you know, whatever. And um um and so I asked the translator, Hello
0: I'm
2: like um I told her, I was like, the only thing I'm getting is like a picture of a Christmas tree. And so she asks this couple, like, you know, my friend just sees this picture of a Christmas tree. Does that have any significance to you? And they just start crying. And we're like, Well what is it? And um Um, they're like, well, just today, um, we got in a huge fight over our Christmas tree, because back at Christmas time, um, she went out and bought this Christmas tree that was way bigger than what we had agreed upon, and we've been having financial problems, and it's really weighing on our marriage and all this stuff, and so it was just crazy, because here we are in El Salvador, where I don't even think they have pine trees, and like, it's March, so why are they talking about their Christmas tree, (laughs) And, and so anyways, it was just, I've never experienced that before where God told me something that I could not have ever made up on my own. And so I guess for me, it built a lot of faith because like, I couldn't even deny it myself because I just knew. And so it opened up this huge time for us to pray for their marriage, and then they brought their kids back and had us pray for their kids too. So
0: Cool. Awesome. Just hold on for a second. All right. So the next, the third. Well, let me start from the beginning. God's going to give you opportunities for Boldness. The Holy Spirit will equip you when you are bold. And third is that boldness always must, every time, without exception, be accompanied with faith. Boldness and faith need to go hand in hand. Now, if you are anything like me, you have this teeter-totter. You have boldness, I can be really bold, and then you have faith, and I can be, you know, really believe or whatever. But getting those two in sync has never really happened much for me where I can be totally bold and be freaked out of my mind and have no faith and just want to get out of the situation. Or I can say, I can conquer the world, but I'm going to sit here on the couch. You know, one of the two, where you have faith, but it always needs to be coupled with boldness. Now, something happened after this encounter with the, the boy who was blind. Word started to spread around the community. Word spread around the community, got to so-and-so, and then someone else and then someone else and eventually it got to the priest of the Catholic cathedral that was there. I mean, everyone, the whole entire area is, you know, predominantly Catholic. And so this guy gets word of these 13 Americans who come down, this boy in a Catholic youth group, and all of a sudden has been been receiving more sight. He was blind, and so, so now word is starting to, to percolate around. And what that really is, is that faith is starting to uprise. Mm-hmm. Now, when we were at that church, we are at Mass, the priest actually called us up to, to the front. This is mass, okay? Like we don't get a whole. I mean, people don't clap there. I mean, it's just it is like the least uh, expressive. expressive or what? Anything. I mean, it's just you watch cockroaches on the walls. I mean, it's it's they read out a huge book. So he calls us up there, and he actually asks us. He he totally blesses us, and he asks us to pray for his foot. He actually had a hurt foot. We we had a divine connection with him where. Elizabeth ran into him unexpectedly beforehand. It's crazy. And so now we're there, and so he's talking about how we work with this boy. And so Elizabeth, again, in boldness and in faith, says, we'd love to pray for more people. So the priest now, recognizing we're there, this never happens, by the way. He tells the entire congregation, if any of you want to stay after for prayer, why don't you stay after? what? We don't even go to you. We're not even part of it. Why would you invite other people who you don't know, you've never met to stay after and pray for your congregation? It's because there was amazing faith in the body of that church, in the, the community, in us, in the priest. There was faith, and when it coupled with boldness, amazing things happened. How many people did we have afterwards? 40, 50? I mean, it was crazy. It's like, The church is still here. I mean, like, the church is not that big. I mean, I would say probably close to half or so of the people actually hung around. And I won't read it. If you want to jot it down, it's Matthew 17. And essentially, the disciples go out, and they go and they try and heal this boy. 17, uh, 14, if, if you want. You can go and read it later. But essentially, the disciples are like, what the heck? This boy is still possessed. This boy is not healed, and Jesus says it's because of your faith. If you just would have faith, you can do all things. It's just not the boldness that goes to say, we can pray for this person, but you need to have boldness and faith. And I think it's faith on the person who's praying and the person that's receiving. So we were all like, oh, this is crazy, an awesome opportunity. So we are bolstered in, in our faith. We were already feeling bold at the time. And now we have 40, 50 people who are expecting to have a blind boy experience with us. Crazy. Huge amounts of faith in there, and something crazy that's happened I've never seen in my life, and I want Ashley to to share about Mary.
7: Alright, so like you said, we had been there praying for just tons of people in the church, and then the last lady that was in our line was this woman in a wheelchair. And, um, And she came rolling up, and I believe it was Camille, Russell, Edwin, myself, and Elizabeth, and Eric. And, um, And this lady, she just came up to us in our line, and she just had this look of just expectancy. Like, she was so tired of being just where she had been in her life. She was tied to this wheelchair and just had been bound there for over three years. She had had multiple strokes, um, and she was just ready to walk. She was ready to let go of that and just move forward. And so we're praying and and, um, just asking God to heal her and mend everything within her and give her strength to take those steps. And literally, we're in mid-prayer and she stops us, and, and Elizabeth was translating for us, but she basically was like, I'm ready. Like, I'm ready to start walking right now. Like, not tomorrow, but right now. And in my in my, in my mind, I'm thinking, are you sure you don't want us to pray a little bit longer? Like, make sure before you do this. Yeah. And she was like, no. And she's, like, starting to kick her little things aside to stand up, and we're like, okay. And um, it was just crazy, because she didn't even know us, you know, and we were praying, and, and she was just— had so much faith in God, and just she was so courageous and just stood up and was leaning on us a little bit and just taking those steps. And we just bound around her and were just there to support her if she fell and were there to help her to, you know, for her to lean on us to help take those first few steps. And as she kept walking, she just, we kept praying for more strength and, and um, more healing. And as she kept walking, she just kept getting stronger and walking faster and taking bigger steps. And um, And for me, going into this trip, I went in with just... A lot of like a couple really big burdens on my shoulder, and um, and a couple things that I just really needed to get it off my chest, and I just felt like I had kept falling into like certain sins, just kept doing it and kept doing it, and um, and things that I just really wanted to to get off my chest and come back, not like leave it there in El Salvador and just break free of a couple really big things, and um, and that night I went back and I was laying in the hammock and I was just thinking about this woman, like this elderly woman with just atrophied legs, like just frail and and everything and um and just it was such a metaphor to where I was like in my faith and in my life in that like my my faith had become so atrophied by the strongholds that had been holding me down and um and I had been tied to this thing which for her was the wheelchair um, tied to certain sins and and um and just to think of this older woman who could just so courageously just bust out of it you know and I was like man she's doing the exact thing that I've been wanting for so long but just haven't been courageous enough to do and, um, so for me on this trip, like, that was a major turning point, and just a lot of encouragement, and seeing God just work through her, um, really built my faith, and just see how he can heal her, was just so cool, and it was pretty much the next day that I went to someone on the, that, in our group, and I was like, look, there's something I really needed to talk about with you guys, and that was kind of the first step, I knew once I told someone that, like, there was no getting away from it, and later on in the trip, Um, You know, I grabbed a couple people, and and I was able to say the couple things that I needed to to tell that were really difficult for me. And and it was just so freeing and just such an amazing experience for me to be able to just break free of those strongholds. And every single day, like I got baptized on the last day there, and someone was like, did you feel different? Like, what was the big, like, feeling that you got when you came out of the water? And I was like, for me, it wasn't that. It was every single day, like, seeing God move and through people and, and in such real ways. He was breaking things off of me every single day of that trip. And, um, and it was just so cool. And while you're there, it's so easy to be, like, all courageous and strong. And, like, yeah, I'm going to go back, and it's going to be awesome. I'm not going to fall into that sin because, you know, you don't have those people or those situations there to be tempted by. And, um, and the very next morning after we had had that talk, Eric gave me some little memory verses. And one of the very first ones that I memorized there was 1 Corinthians 10.13. And it talked about that very thing. And it ta- um, basically it says, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. So anytime I felt like I'm the only one in on this, like I'm on the only one dealing with these issues, like, no, like, anything you're tempted by, every, there's other people out there dealing with it too. And then it goes on to say, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted... He will also provide a way out so you can stand up under it. So basically yeah. saying, duh, you're going to be tempted, so don't expect to go back and just think it's mm-hmm. gone. Like, that temptation won't be there. But it's so reassuring to know that no matter what, he also provides an exit door. Like, you're not yeah. stuck in that just because you're being tempted by it. Like, there's always going to be a way out for you. You just have to be courageous enough to look for it and have, be, able, be willing to kind of go away from the instant gratification or pleasure to endure a little bit of pain. So I just encourage you guys, like, if you guys are dealing with anything like that, like, just be courageous and give it to God, because that was my problem. I always tried to be in control of the situation, like, I'm getting stronger, and I'm going to do it this time. But no, like, that's what's different this time. Like, I saw God move, and I saw his power, and so, like, I was able to have faith that he can do that through me, too.
0: So, awesome. yeah. Do we actually, uh, yeah. I think we might have a photo of uh, of Mary. We can show that possibly. This woman was amazing. I've never been a part of that. That's her wheelchair in front. It was crazy. The the photo's a little blurry, but it was one of those life-changing experiences. And so from this, which is our last point, is that the Holy Spirit, when coupled with faith and boldness, has a multiplying effect. There's a multiplication that happens when all this takes place. So again, mind you, this is day two. And I'm sad because we would keep you guys here for 20 hours sharing all the stories. But we did build filters. We installed in communities. We saw probably 20 or 30 people saved because of that. We partnered with an amazing organization. We did amazing physical feats of labor. But we wanted to come here tonight and tell you that God was moving in a supernatural way in which that place and many of our hearts have never seen. And so the last point... And this is where all the stories that you get to pick up from each individual person after this is that this is Sunday night is the next day our phone started to ring at the house. Or maybe smoke signals started coming. It was crazy. Like all of a sudden people started contacting, found out where we lived, and said, We have people here that are sick. We need your team to come and pray with us. And so we're like, okay, well, you know, we'll go. So all of us picked up and we started going out and and we went to a home, and there would already be 15 or 20 people already there. We're like, are they here to pray with us? Like, no, 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 they're here for you to pray for them. I was like, okay, perfect. So this is like 22 people were praying for. All right, so we got it. And so after that, then we'd pray with them, and we saw amazing things happen. You can find out all the details from everyone. But then we hear of another home that called us. And so like an angry mob, all of us would go over to that other place and start praying with them. And every single night that entire week, we were going house to house to house, through the streets at night with stray dogs. It was crazy. And so we're going house to house, and eventually all of us, were like, we're putting in, you know, 10-hour days. We're hot. It is 95 degrees, and 90% humidity. It's stinking hot there. So we're exhausted. So we say, okay, we gotta, we're going to burn ourselves out. So we said, if anybody wants prayer, you can come to our place. Kind of convenient. We thought maybe a few people would show up. How many people do we have? 30? in this little tiny porch. And so we're sitting there praying all these people, and God kept on moving and showing, and we were just like, this is so much bigger than we are. I think we were all were humbled by it. We're just 13 individuals that came down. We happened to scrounge up the money, get a plane ticket, go there, kind of get sick, kind of get sunburned. But now we have this, this fire that has been burning in this community to be let out. And we feel so privileged that God will allow us to be part of that. So as I kind of leave you at that last point and i want elizabeth to share something is that there's a multiplying effect when all those things come into alignment it was nothing about how efficient we were it was about boldness meeting opportunity meeting faith meeting equipping equals replication and it was phenomenal and i want elizabeth to share one quick story
8: So, um, she talked a little bit, Shayla talked a little bit about words of knowledge. And there's times where you get words of knowledge, and then there's other times where you just don't get something. And one of the first nights that we were there, it was um, Camille Austin and Shayla and myself. And we were um, out and about, and we kind of felt like God had spoken to us that He wanted us to just hand out ice cream, just buy a bunch of ice cream and just hand it out to a bunch of the kids. And when we were handing it out, I kind of felt this little thing in the back of my head just go, you know, like, you should pray for them, too, or you should see if any of them are sick or see if anything's going on. And I kind of ignored it, and I went back. And when I got back, I asked Eric and Camille, I said, hey, like, I kind of felt like we were supposed to go back and pray for some people. Would it, would it be all right with you guys? And they are like, yeah, totally. So Camille and and Austin and I went back, and when we got to the ice cream shop, I'm like waiting on a word of knowledge, you know, like I want something, you know, like give me like a clue, a condition, a hair color, something. And I'm not getting anything. So I'm like, okay, fine. I go outside and there's a guy and I'm like, is anyone here in pain? (laughs) And this guy raises his hand and he says, I have a horrible headache. And so we bring him inside and he says his headache on a scale of one to 10 is at an 11. So we start praying and, um, as everyone started praying people were praying and prophesying which prophesying is basically just when you share what God's thoughts are towards a person directly to them so we start praying and prophesying over him and even before we could pray directly for the headache the headache was gone and it was crazy because there was a, a the presence of God came in Really strong, and sometimes God's presence comes in different ways. Sometimes it comes like a heat, sometimes it'll come like a tingling sensation. But it was like all four of us, besides the humidity, were like beating sweat. (laughs) And He was like, Whoa! and we're like, Whoa! and we're like, like, Something crazy is happening right now. And as we're prophesying over Him, I think I can't remember who, I think it was Camille prophesied over Him that. he was going to be a leader in the community and that he was going to help lead a lot of people to faith and that he needed to stand up and be strong and as he are praying this he gets you can see him getting stronger and stronger internally and we started feeling like he's going to get activated right now and what I mean by activated is he's going to do what we're doing to him to someone else and they're going to receive from it and so we kind of just said okay God we ask you to speak to him and to, and to begin to reveal this to him in a deeper way. And so we kind of were waiting and we're just, you know, listening and, you know, presence of God is there really strong. And then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, there's someone out there that's injured that I saw earlier. Maybe we should have him go pray for them. So I go up to this kid and he has like this leg problem and he, he won't let us pray for him. So I was like, oh, bummer, that sucks. It sucks when that happens, you know. So I go back inside, and then I'm like, "Okay, God, like, who do you want him to pray for?" Because clearly I was trying to do things in my own strength, and that didn't work out. So He highlights this guy across the street, and so I was like, "All right, let's go." So all all four of us go, and this guy had a headache also, and so this guy just got healed of a headache. So he now has authority to take headaches away. Um, by Jesus' power, obviously. And so he begins to pray, not us. Like, none of our team was, like, declaring this. The guy that just got healed starts praying over this guy's headache, and the headache goes away instantly. Hmm. Well, the kid with the leg issue that had just refused prayer a couple minutes before saw what was going on, and he changed his mind. (laughs) So he's like, over here, over here. We were already walking away. We were like, good for the night, ready to go. And he's like, no, over here, over here. So we go over to him. And again, just had him lay hands on on him and the pain instantly, like, actually that one I think took more like two minutes or something. But it was it was really powerful. And what's what's cool about all of this is that it's not about how long you've been in church. It's not about all the things that I think we make up in our heads as qualifications. God likes to use people who are willing. And whoever is willing will be used. And so it's... It's cool because in that moment, I saw him transition. When he was praying for people, it was powerful. Like, he went from this, like, meek, timid little guy to, like, this, like, prayer warrior just, like, going after stuff. And I just believe that that's, like, a metaphor for what God wants to do here in Sacramento. That he wants to take just any timidity that we feel, any insecurity that we feel, and he wants to turn us into these warriors for him that aren't afraid, and that all it takes is just a willingness.
0: Thank you. All righty. Well, there's, I just want to get one thing real quick. How are you different? Awesome. How how am I different? Um, I would say
9: uh, just, I mean, (coughs) probably going in the Catholic Church. I kind of grew up in the Catholic Church, so I know that background of it's very quiet, no one talks. And just going there and having the honor to be able to pray for people And just seeing the hunger of them wanting to receive that prayer is just amazing and just life-changing to Mm -hmm. be able
0: to do that and see that in other people there. Awesome. Thank you. Russ, how are you different from the trip?
9: Okay, so maybe you're like me and you think everyone up here is crazy. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe you are, maybe you're not. Um, Going into this trip, I was that guy. Um, They were like, we're going to pray for people's arms to come back. And I'm like, can I just work on water filters, Eric? Mm -hmm. (laughs) be awesome. And uh, going into it, that was uh, my mentality, but uh, maybe some of you are even more like me and um, I know for me, I kind of limped into the trip uh, just with my own life um, and things I'm walking through and I realized that sometimes prayer isn't always about changing things as much as it is about changing us. And uh, watching these people pursue God and me alongside them pursue God was Absolutely mind blowing because when you put a bunch of people in forced proximity, where we all had to pretty much live amongst each other for I don't know how long, it's interesting when you have Edwin's personality mixed with Austin's personality and they can't get away from each other. It's really cool to watch. But when you get this forced proximity with people with a like mind, with a common goal, it's really crazy what can happen when you can't go anywhere and God has you pinned down. And, um, it was just kind of revealed to me that if you really want to put yourself on a collision course with God and with the miraculous, then just give yourself away and be willing to look foolish because he's waiting for you. He wants to work. He wants to move. And throughout the entire trip, the, the verse that kept popping through my mind is that God is searching throughout the earth for a heart that is truly his. And it's I don't know where my heart was at before the trip, but it was like I didn't really have much of a choice but to but to surrender and then God did some things in me that I never thought he would do. So mm. how am I different? Because of the trip, um, everything about me is different. I didn't limp, I didn't limp out of El Salvador. I was, I was walking tall. I was walking strong. I left so many things there. Um, it's interesting. I prayed for, I don't know, it could have been 100 to 200 people, but I think I was the most transformed out of all of it. Um, I think that the proximity that we had as a community within our own group Was a miracle in and of itself because here in America we all have our own lives and agendas and schedules, and we all had the same agenda and the same schedule. And I think that there were miracles that took place even within us. I watched Ashley. um, I'd known her for a while um, before the trip, and I was probably closest with her than than most of the people going in the trip. And I watched her limping into the trip and just kind of checking everything out. And when I watched her get baptized. It was crazy, because I could tell God had been pursuing her the whole time she was pursuing him and other people on the trip, and it was just really neat to see, so mm. it was cool to see God impact everybody, and it was cool to be impacted, and if you're sitting here thinking that everything we're saying is crazy, it is crazy, and it's crazy that we get to be a part of it, and so I would encourage everybody to definitely go next year for sure.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Can we have the, the band come up, and I'm going to, as they start playing, I'm going to give the last word. to and then we're going to do closer.
2: All
10: right, so um, I would kind of want to share more with you guys, like, what's happened with me since coming back rather than in El Salvador. Um, something that really stuck out to me this year was just the level of desperation in the people there, um, desperation for just things that they don't have, food, going mm-hmm. off the story that Camille shared with the, the family that we got to go see, you know, they're just, like, asking us if there's any way we can help them pay off this debt that they have, and and, you know, like, they're taking the food that we'll give them, and they'll take anything that we'll give them, and we had so many people asking us to help them pay off their debts and help them do this and help them do that, and it, it just kind of, I go into this mode of, of I want to fix it. I want to fix it. What can I do? What can I do? Like, let's go to the store. Let's go buy this. Let's go buy that. Let's set this up. Let's do this. And, um, but, like, something just wasn't sitting well with me, and I think since we've gotten back, I've had a horrible two weeks since then, and and after you know after having these these huge trips and these breakthroughs and you know you always kind of go into a little dip when you get back once once like the buzz wears off but this was just different like there's just something not right in me and and today as we were standing in worship i was just like like god what is it like what is it what's wrong with me right now and and he, he kinda was like, you know, you're so uncomfortable with these people who are openly desperate, but that's like all I want for you to be is just openly desperate. And and I think here in the United States where we have food all the time and we have clothes and we have our cars and, and I've never had to worry about going hungry and, and I've always grown up as as don't don't show what you want. You know, like don't don't ask others for that help. Like do it yourself, you know, lift yourself up and And go get it go get a a better job go get another degree go get this go get that and and all God wants like none of that means anything to him and and he was just kind of like Katie like like get on your knees and ask me for something like ask me and, and I'll give it to you and and it's just I'm I'm so uncomfortable with being desperate and I'm so uncomfortable with with letting anyone know that that there's something that I don't have that I want and and there's that fear of rejection that if I don't get it you know like what does that mean like that's horribly embarrassing and and this and this and that and and today you know as as the band was playing I was just like it doesn't matter anymore like like god my degree doesn't matter my car doesn't matter my house doesn't matter like I have nothing to give you but like I need you and that's a place that I've never been before and so I think um, I've, I've had so many of these moments. El Salvador last year was a big breakthrough for me. And, and you know, going to the One Thing Conference over, over winter break was a big breakthrough for me. And, and you know, you'll have these breakthroughs. And, and I kind of, I come into this place where I know more of God. And so I come back more desperate for him. And I come back wanting more and knowing that there's more and just seeking more. And then as I get that, I think, like, that's got to be it. And so there's nothing left to be desperate for, you know. Like, I've got everything I need. And so I think what I'm coming back with is just like, I have nothing to offer God, and He's got everything to offer me. And all I have to do is be willing to ask for that and be willing to get on my knees and, and admit that I don't have anything to offer.
0: Wow. So, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you guys for hanging in there nowhere running late. Can we all stand? I want to do one last thing. So we're going to do this song and I feel that in the flow of Katie and the feel of all this stuff is that there's an opportunity for us to be bold and to be filled with faith and if you, here tonight, if you have a need for prayer, it doesn't matter what it is. It can be for pain, it can be for a relationship, it can be for a job, it can be for anything. As we sing this last song, if you could be bold, if you could throw caution in the wind, throw whatever anxiety you have and just throw a hand up, 13 of us, or 11 of us, we're going to go out there and we want to pray with you during this last song. We're not going to call you over to the side or the front. We just want to be alongside you. We are next to you in the trenches in this pursuit of God with you. And so we want you to know that we feel that we've been equipped and empowered. And so it is a replicating, power and anointing. And if we can pray with you tonight as we close, can you slip a hand up? All right. Keep them up because we're going to go and we're going to sing this last song and if you don't get to it then we'll uh, stick around please keep your hand up and we'll come and pray with you so here we go
5: and I'll stand with arms high, and high. While so i stand with arms high and heart abandoned.
11: So I stand with arms high. Him, oh, the one who gave it all. I stand, my soul, Lord, to you surrendered all I am is yours. So I stand. With arms high and heart abandoned In all of the
5: one who gave it all I'll stand my soul, Lord, to you Just raise our voices and all I am is yours we are my Lord is yours. All, all we are is yours all we are is yours and all we are is yours just sing that out to him all, all we, we are, are is yours and
11: With arms high and heart abandoned, in all of the one who gave it all, I'll stand, So, soul, Lord, to you surrendered, all I am is yours. Holy Father, just I just sense your presence in this place tonight, Lord. We just ask for your love to come in this place, Lord, and wash over us, God. Wash over us tonight. Wash over us tonight. wash your eyes tonight and send your love to wash your eyes and send your love to wash your rest.
5: The flow, the flow
11: in this place, just wash over us, Let the love of Jesus wash over you tonight. Let it wash over you. Where the Spirit is, there's freedom. Where the Spirit is, there's freedom. There's freedom here. There's freedom here. Everything. Just tell them you're all I want. You're all I need. You're everything. You're everything. Cause you're all I want. You're all I need. You're everything. You're everything. You're so all I want. Everything, everything is all I want, all I need. Everything, everything, everything to me.
0: Awesome. going for just a couple more minutes. If you still need prayer, please let yourself be known. If you need to cruise out, if you need to go, go do that, but we want to stay in this for just a few more minutes. And there's been a word that's been given to me, I think that is applied for tonight, and the word is, it has begun. If that is you, if, it, if the word for you, it has begun, let that reign true. It has begun. If you need confirmation, then we want to embrace that. Has begun. So we'll keep doing this if if you need to go. Please stick around if you can. But we're gonna do this song for just a couple more minutes. And we're gonna bask in this and to let it know that it has begun and it is not gonna finish. It is not finite, but it is beginning now. And we wanna rest in that
11: You're all I want. You're all I need. You're everything. You're every. Come on, raise His your name. You're all I want. You're all I need. You're everything. You're everything. 'Cause you're all I want. You're all I dead, You're every. 'Cause you're all You're all I want. You're all I You're all You're all You're all you're everything. So let, rain, so let it rain. let it rain. Let it ring down. Hoping of heaven, and let it rain, oh, let it rain down, and open the floodgates of heaven, and let it rain. Come on, rain on down, come on, rain on down, bring down on this place, bring down on this place, rain down in here, red in here. Long for Your presence, Long for Your presence ringing here. touching us tonight, you're touching us tonight. me free, I am yours, I am forever yours, mountain high, valley low, I'll sing, out, remind my soul that I am yours, I am forever yours, I am yours. I am forever yours, I am yours, I am forever yours, just sing that, well I am yours, I am forever yours, I am yours, I am forever yours, love came down, this love came down and rescued me. Love came down, set me free. I am yours. I am forever yours. Mountain high or valley low. I'll sing out, remind my soul that I am yours. I am forever yours. I am yours. I am forever yours. Love came down, and rescued me. Love came down, and set me free. I am yours, I am forever yours. Mountain high, valley low, I'll sing out, remind my soul, I am yours.
0: we just come before you and lord we just want to remember this time god we want to remember the times tonight that you speak to us and you show us and god we celebrate the realness of you tonight the realness of you and god i thank you that we would remember this night this night that we would remember we'd mark it down and lord as you brought individuals through the jordan river You told them to grab rocks and to make something in which that we would remember. And so, Lord, I pray, it has begun. It has begun that we would recognize and remember this time. And, Lord, that you wouldn't stop here, that tonight would be the new beginning, a new chapter, a new phase, a new start, God, for us. And a new start to know the authority and the level of potential ability that we have already been given, Lord. We just need to walk it out. Help us, Lord, to walk it out now. awesome thank you guys it's so late You're sorry it is so awesome to see god show up here have a great night stick around for some b-ball if you want we'll see you guys next week